Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! It was time now. There was was all the time I needed. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this week we are heading back to our bread and butter. It has been a long time since we had a chance to check in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is it, I guess it's still considered cinematic, but uh, it's streaming as heck right now. Um, and we've got some new stuff to talk about and special uh, special guests to, to help us talk about it. Graham, why don't you give us the give us the layout? Well, we've got our good friend Jonathan Cashmore back for this episode as we dive into the world of WandaVision, the first bit of the MCU we've received in uh, in this year, I think. I think it's been over a calendar year since there's been any new content for the MCU. How are you, Cash? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on again today. I'm loving loving uh, this, this uh, MCU uh, direction and it's awesome to just break down and kind of geek out at and you gotta break it down right like it's so uh, different and so new and so like man you gotta bend your head into new shapes to wrap around it i mean you gotta hand it to uh feige and oh well, i mean the entire crew there like they know that we're gonna break it down so they they <sighs> intentionally do things which is awesome like it just it's just so great to see like that kind of a fan um producer interaction without being face to face it's really neat so so speaking of feige this is really the first marvel tv show that i guess carries his stamp i mean a lot of this is is uh, just sort of guesswork, but prior to this, Jeff Loeb was in charge of of Marvel TV, from the Netflix shows to Agents of Shield and Peggy Carter and whatnot. Do you? Did you guys? How much of the old stuff did you watch? Um, I watched the Dare. I watched the Daredevil. I liked the Daredevil ones. That was really good. Um, like pretty much the Netflix stuff. I didn't get into Agents of Shield, unfortunately. And I mean, Inhumans was fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think we're talking about the same meat here you know like this is very clearly like a tier one product compared to what those are and and those definitely felt as much as they were part of the same universe there was a disconnect between them that clearly isn't there with this since the 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 stars of this show are stars from the movies yeah Um, those were side quests this is the next part of the main game for sure um, and I, I don't know if we have time to go over all the other shows. There's just so much to talk about. WandaVision, where do you start with WandaVision? Do we want to start about what it's adapting from the comics, or do we start by... Well, actually, here, let's lay this out first for those folks who are listening who may not be listening to us every week, which you should, but in case you're not, it uh, we're recording this on February 12th. There are currently six episodes of WandaVision out. Six of nine. We usually try to hit these things on the fives, uh, but episode five ended with a hell of a twist, and we had to allow for one more just to sort of see where they were going to take See where that went. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're curious as to why we haven't figured everything out to why it's, it, as to how it's ended, because it hasn't ended yet in our time frame. So just a heads up, we're going to be focusing on one to six in this episode. 
Um, Graham, I think this uh, we, this punts back right into your lap. I, do you, can you? I feel like you're best equipped to try and explain what the hell this is, because especially from the first couple of episodes, it's not easy to wrap your head around. Well, from the the get go, it really feels like it's a, a especially in the first three episodes, it feels almost like it's a straightforward sitcom parody, and they're going decade by decade. Uh, the first one being sort of a I don't know, like a, a father knows best type of show and and proceeding from there. I, or it was Dick, uh, Dick, it was Van, Dick Dyke. Van Dyke was the first one for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm under the impression it was the same house. <laughs> I um, I read somewhere that they actually talked to Dick Van Dyke to to get some insights from him, which is amazing that he's still alive and, and able to talk about this stuff. What a what a hero that guy is. But yeah, it, that that first episode, it the only real hint that I can think of that this is anything other than a a sitcom parody in the the Marvel universe is the moment where Vision's boss and and his boss's wife are over for dinner, the classic sitcom trope from that era, and the the boss starts choking on a piece of meat and the wife just keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. And everything gets really weird. The studio audience laugh track disappears and everyone gets unsettled. And then vision uses his powers to save him and everything sort of goes back to normal. And to my memory, that was the only part that really stood out as like, there's something not right here. This is not a typical show. I'm just watching it. Vision also seemed a little confused. Like he didn't really know what he did. Like he remember, and when it showed him at work, he come, he questioned, like, what do we do here? And like, what is that? What are we producing? Why am I here? What am I doing? Yeah, it was like, played for laughs, but you definitely get the idea. Like, like Vision is living in a world where he doesn't have a clear idea of what's going on around him. Yeah, you know something's off. And, that's and then it. there was the commercial in the middle. Yeah, the Stark oh, yeah. the Stark toaster. Yeah. Right. Uh so you get that yeah. that and then it's also the commercial that was I mean, we, we see from the, the you know the, the what we think is a parody setting, it's all in black and white, but that's the first time we see color. And it's it stands out and it makes you wonder about it. It's that that toaster they're selling has a bright red light on it. And it's sta- I guess it's the point is to draw the audience's attention that like, hey, there's more to this commercial than meets the eye. Which leads you to read like, all the Stark Industries stuff, but it's still it like it just it just lightly drizzles these hints of there's more here than just a, a funny parody TV show, and it's unsettling. Yeah, uh, like it is. Like I was trying to figure out what word to to describe the first episode. Like the first episode was, I feel slow, like a little bit of a slow burn or stuff like that, but like really unsettling. And that was a perfect, just a perfect word for it. It just the things you seem it just seemed off. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so, people who went into this not really knowing what was coming up, like I mean, I remember I was talking to them and they were saying, like, yeah, what the hell am I watching? Like, why is it, you know, why is it half an hour of this Dick Van Dyke show? Like, what am I like what am I doing here? And it's really ballsy of them to to open up like that. Absolutely. I was going to sort of save this question for the end, but might as well jump in here with that perfect uh, segue. Do you think this was the right show to start off this this TV verse with? Oh, who knows, right? We have no idea where they're going with it, I mean, which I is mean, another function of this show. As a fan, yes. 
Absolutely. <laughs> because as a fan, we know kind of what it's going to lead into. And I, I mean, I also think as fans, we also sort of trust in the creative powers behind it. But yeah. for a more casual fan who is into it for superhero shenanigans and fisticuffs, I, I sort of wonder if uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier might have been a better stepping stone into this world. Get get people wet with something a bit more familiar, a bit more straightforward, or at least that's what it seems from the commercials. That seems like a more straightforward action adventure show. Where yeah, it almost this- looks boring compared to this <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, uh, I think True. that's the. I think that would be the safer approach, and I think they deliberately decided not to do that. Um, it sounds like they're going to be, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to later episodes, but they're clearly going to be playing with some complicated ideas uh, over the course of this. And this could show, like, if, like, worst case scenario, it, this, doing it this way generates buzz, right? It's getting people talking. It's getting people online looking stuff up. It's, you know, it's generating blog articles and forum posts. Like, it's, you know, it's drawing attention to itself. And I think that's the idea. Self-promoting, just intelligent, <laughs> just yeah. intelligent writing, self-promoting, because I, even the new guys are like, I, and I actually have somebody at work. Um, I was like, go watch WandaVision. It's really, really good because they had interest in the um, in the Marvel world, but they're not like diehard fans. So like more of an average watcher and came back after the first two episodes going, what am I watching? I said, give it another episode. And then they went, Oh shit, it's getting really interesting. I can't look away. It's one of those. It's like, it's growing on him. I'm watching it grow on him. And then by the fourth episode, he's like, okay, I have so many questions now. So after the, you know what I mean? Like it it was a buildup. And I think, I think they had, they had like, they definitely took a chance, but they were able to, they wrote it so well that, that chance is paying off essentially it keeps you hooked. Right. Okay. So in the second episode, we go ahead to the sixties and it's kind of more of a bewitched vibe or one of those supernatural sitcoms that were uh, big in that era. And uh, again, it's a lot of straightforward sitcom shenanigans until uh, we Wanda suddenly becomes pregnant. And then this weird beekeeper comes out of a sewer uh, and, this... and that's the one with the the helicopter too, right? Like that was the f- yeah. That, that's earlier in the episode. She finds the in the black and white world the full color helicopter with the sword logo on it. Uh, which again, and then if you were you know, well, yeah, because you're a Marvel fan, so you know to watch past the credits. If you watch past the credits in the first episode, you see somebody watching the show in like modern times with a sword logo on the computer, and you start to put two and two together. True, yeah. And then in this one, there's also a commercial for Strucker watches, and Baron Strucker is the guy who made Wanda and her her brother have uh, superpowers. So there's another tantalizing glimpse into the rest of the Marvel Universe. And uh, what was the other thing? There's another thing. It was made, it was with Hydra as well. It showed the Hydra thing, right? Like it, I think the the Strucker watches was the Hydra logo. Yeah, yeah. Baron Strucker, yeah. Right, um, and then there's the hydro like, bath powder in the next episode. But this episode also has uh, right the the voice over the radio that uh, she I, hears, and they get weirded out by it. 
it's asking yeah wanda wanda who's doing this to you comes out of the radio and the the other like the the nasty housewife like the the, the queen karen hears it too <laughs> queen karen queen. yeah <laughs> Played by Emma Caulfield, who was a uh, major character on uh, the later seasons of Buffy. And then she immediately, like, something changes, and all of a sudden everything's back to normal. Which was uh, pretty much the first time we sort of see that reset thing happening, which we start to see more and more as the episodes go. Did you ever, did you guys notice a red tinge around things? Like, was like that, that, do you think that was purposeful? Well, there's definitely like the when she uh, Emma Caulfield Dottie when she breaks the wine glass or whatever it was and cuts her hand, her blood is red, and and there's a few other flashes of red in that episode, right? Yeah. Or, are you talking? Are you saying more I'm talking even that? even in the black and white, like the black and white? If you look at the shading, it's actually like an off red. Like yeah, I didn't like, notice that at all. No, that's cool. I. I watched it a couple of times and like there's, I've just noticed like there's a little bit of a red tinge on things, I guess. Would you insinuating say, that Wanda's you, powers is red? Would you say it's a scarlet? Tinge? <laughs> I would say it might be a scarlet tinge. That's a- <laughs> I love that episode though. That was a really fun episode with vision in the, uh, and the um, magic show. Oh, the magic show, yeah, which which was a traditional like sitcom gag. It was really fun to watch, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I don't want to. I don't want to overshadow that part. Is that as far as those like a, a, a recreation of a '60s sitcom go? It was a good one. Yeah, yeah, they really had a, a lot. Like you can tell, they must have had such a fun time filming these. You know, like just like I watch. hope so. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just because like they do, they sh- they definitely show. Um, they they show what what they're trying to represent, but also make it offsetting because like they have a bigger agenda, obviously. Okay, so so Jesse mentioned the sword logos. There's the sword on the um the sword logo on the uh, in, at the end of the first episode. Yep. There's sword. I, I knew you'd be proud of me, Graham, because I recognized <laughs> the sword logo, and I was like, oh, I bet I know what that is. I just. <laughs> I, I, I felt like proud of myself because I knew that I did I did good for you. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> can, can you explain sword really quickly without taking up the entire podcast? I I mean up to a point I because uh, the sword in the comics seems to be quite different from the sword in in the TV series in the True. comics it's the sentient world observation and response department and they're basically like like you know how what is the FBI is internal matters and the CIA is international matters. And like, same thing with MI five and MI six, it's kind of like shield deals with stuff on earth and sword deals with stuff off earth. And that's what it is in the comics in the show. It appears to be weapon observation. The big change was the W to weapon. Yeah, that's right. And so they're, there, I guess, is the implication that that superheroes are sentient weapons, and Sword is watching them, or, or at least at, at least Wanda. But I think all superheroes is probably a good bet, right? So, so we when you see the beekeeper come out of the sewers and he's got the sword logo, that is, and even at that point, we don't know what Sword is, but uh, 
at least in the world of the show, it's it's showing connection. Yeah, and it's a sign that something's up. So at, at around this point in the series, my theory was that Sword had had captured Wanda and this and they were performing experiments on her and these were like the subtle hints that Sword was behind everything. And and yeah. Which was I, I shared that too for a second. But then when she sees the sword guy, we realize she's in control, right? She says no. She just says and, no, yeah. And we, we actually see the rewind effect, right? As she sort of resets the reality so that never happened. Right. But I would argue that shows that she has control in that environment, but it doesn't necessarily tell us that she's in control of everything. But I mean, I guess this is a moot point since we're arguing over a theory that's already been debunked uh, (laughs) by the show. (laughs) But that's yeah. But no, I I saw that moment and I thought like, Oh shit, this is something she's doing. Like something's wrong. Yeah. And knowing stuff from the comics, I, that had always been, something in the back of my head too. So I was like, like the, the, in the comics, it's not uncommon for Wanda to go kind of nuts and her reality altering powers messing with reality. So that was, was always my, the, my sort of a thought, but the more I saw of sword, I started to think, well, maybe there's, there's more to it than that. Maybe she's not in control of this. Maybe she's, uh, not going to be a super villain, but we will see as we go on. Should we jump to uh, episode three? Well, it did change. We we should mention that um, after that reset on, and she got the ending that she wanted of of this show. Um, the it, there was a, I think didn't it go to color at that point? Yeah, yeah, that's when and the and the and she and Vision react to it too, right? Yeah, like, like it noticed it was like a, a growth yeah, or something. Yeah, like a very Disney magical kind of like sparkles effect right. as the world becomes colorized, which really messes with the meta of like art, like that you know, them being aware of the production design of the world they live in, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, no, good important point. So I, isn't the episode three is segued into, I think it's called in color or something like that. Now yeah. in color. Now yeah. in color. And it's going for kind of like a Brady's Brady Bunch vibe, I guess. Very 70s. Yeah. Very yeah. 70s. Yes. <laughs> um, Wanda's pregnancy is moving along pretty quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess at the end of the, the of episode two, she's, magically pregnant and in episode three which is you know a matter of what like the next day or supposed it's supposed to be very quickly after but she is much more pregnant and it's everyone remarks on it so it's not like a continuity error you know it's something that is done intentionally and but people just sort of go along with it which is a, a except vision even he goes along with it but he's a bit he's more questioning it though it. yeah I, like, yeah, I think he it, goes. It's like he goes along with it because he has to, but he's he's questioning. He's always questioning. If you notice, like all the time, always questioning or his surroundings. And for a while, I think that fits. Like the original premise of like the fifties era show is that like they they are magical. Like he's a weird robot thing, and mm-hmm. she has sort of bewitched powers, and maybe that's. Like so, that kind of you know advancing pregnancy sort of makes sense in that context, but I think you're right. I think it's he's not just questioning it in that context; he's also questioning it the larger world in general. 
Yeah. And this all and this is oh yeah, and this is the one where he also has that unsettling chat with the neighbors in the driveway, right? Where they're talking about Geraldine. Yeah. Yeah. We never mentioned Agnes. We still we, haven't mentioned I, Agnes, it's true. I, clearly she's an important character. She's in all the episodes as the wacky neighbor, but I'm still even six episodes in, I'm not sure what to make of her. If she's supposed to be something extra special or if she's just another one of the members of the community. But I guess we'll get to that as we go. But but what do you want to say about Agnes so, so well, far? So far at this point, like she's just like the wacky yeah, neighbor, but she seems to be, you know, always around. <laughs> yeah. She she shows up at like weird times and some but and she seems uh but she does it um with with episode three. Sorry, episode two we forgot the um wasn't there a when was the country club? I'm getting mixed up. The country club is two, right? That's it's with, two with Anya with Dottie. So let me back up a little bit on that one. If you notice with Agnes there, she, um, with Dottie talking about it, she goes, "The devil's in the details," and then she, and then she literally goes there and just says, um, "That's not all he's at," or something like that, and. But it wasn't like in character. It seemed outside of character. So mm. I feel Agnes is something a little bit more. And especially with the devil reference, right? This yeah. Is... Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. So maybe well, let's we'll get, get to this. We'll, we'll deep into that a little later on. But I just wanted okay, to say, like, we, we never really mentioned her. And she is in every episode. So we should probably give her a little mention. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's sure. always there. And, and again, and in this one, too, you know, she and Herb have the conversation with Vision where they're clearly aware that something is is wrong. Yeah. And it, we can't tell if they can't communicate it or if they're afraid to. Well, it seems the f- more afraid than can't because she, at the end, she warns Herb. She, like, looks at him and is like, no, 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 no. You know? Like, telling him no, not to say anymore. And then they just go right back into character and go and finish off their day. God, it's so creepy. And it is, because it's like they just blank out. But but we can't tell like how aware of it are they. Like there's it definitely seems like like you you assume sort of a mind control thing, but but sometimes they seem to know. Like it's it's unclear. Yeah. And and terrifying. Like the Yeah. like, Like are they just playing along? Are they under control? Like you just don't know with them. Like I don't know. It's it's such a mind. It's just a, such a mind boggle. So the other thing in episode two was the introduction of Geraldine, who uh, quickly befriends Wanda. And then in episode three, she's a major character. She's palling around. She has this long conversation with Wanda, who because she's pregnant, she's locked in control of her powers, and she no one can know about her powers. So there's like wacky shenanigans with her trying to hide what she's done and, and from Geraldine. And then because it's all weird and magical, uh, Wanda goes into labor and, and Geraldine helps deliver these babies, the twins, Tommy and Billy. And, uh, then they have a conversation where Geraldine clearly knows more about what's going on than she should. And Wanda notices she's got the sword emblem on her necklace and uses her powers to expel her from the whole town. And 
I think it's important like not to to gloss over that conversation. Like the thing that outs her is that she knows that Wanda starts talking about her brother, about Pietro, and Geraldine comments like out of sympathy that he was killed by Ultron, and that's what gives it away. And because you know, Pietro mentioning the brother is that that's gonna that that's very important, like both to her character and to what happens in the next few episodes. Uh, oh, I guess, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And I guess that's like Wanda bringing it up. It's sort of her letting down her guard too. Like she's out of character, right? And she starts singing to the babies in Sokovian, presumably. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's let's pause on Wanda for a second. I mean, let's think about what she's gone through <laughs> at this point. Like outside even Wanda Vision. Um she has a lot of trauma right there. So like if she is in this world and, and she's clearly controlling some things that well, let's, let's she's going to like, like what, uh, what has she gone through? Go give us the list. Well, I mean, she was in height. Well, like, as you said before with Strucker, um, who gave her the powers, right? Is that Even correct? Even before that, she and, and uh, Pietro were orphaned. They were orphaned with, uh, well, yeah, Tony Stark. They were pissed at Tony Stark because his bombs um, were pretty much sitting there in, in their living room waiting to go off at, I guess, a, a, a civil war. Is that correct? It, it, was it a war yeah. that was happening? Anyway, and then so they grew up hating Stark, that Stark name. And Hydra got a hold of them, gave gave them their powers, but pretty much kept them in captivity. And then, so there, there's a pretty healthy upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> she finds out that Hydra is not good and decides to uh, fight against Hydra. And then a psycho robot decide, uh, kills her brother, which is the only thing that she ever loved in that world. And then she finally gets a little bit of uh, guard down and starts having a relationship with Vision for only Thanos to rip his head off or the gemstone out of his head, like nothing, and killed him too. So there's there's a little bit of trauma. <laughs> and remember the specifics there. She has to kill him first, right? She has to kill her own husband to prevent Thanos from getting the stone. Oh, yeah. Which is- tears her apart and then Thanos just reverses time anyway and kills him him again and takes the stone yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like really really messing with her poor vision (laughs) (laughs) poor Wanda poor Wanda though like honestly though like she yeah so I mean if you're like so at this point the theory is that she's controlling some stuff in this reality and you have that on there you're gonna your PTSD is going to shine through bright like a diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and, you know, if anything's going to uh, crack your mind, having to go through all that is, is a big, you know, it's, it's fair to to that, to be the consequence of it. I I guess another thing to mention is that in the comics, she and vision did have children named Tommy and Billy. And um, they, it's all very complicated and, and, their creation and death were uh, linked with with Wanda's instability in the comics or mental instability. Uh, more recently, they've been sort of resurrected. I think it's a complicated thing, but they they 
Billy has uh, magic powers and uh, Tommy has speedster powers like like uh, Quicksilver does, Pietro does. So there's a lot of like the, just the naming of the twins, the fact that she has twins. It's all tied to the comics, which I, I appreciated. And then at the end of the episode, Geraldine goes through the wall and you get a, to see the outside world a little bit at the very end there. And uh, then we go into episode four, and that really starts pulling the the layers back, giving a giving us a sense of what's really going on. Yeah, I'd be really curious to find out if episode four was mandated by the studio, because episode four is definitely like the okay, we've been messing with you for about an hour. Now let's lay out everything that's happening so you it was, understand it. It was definitely it was definitely a well needed episode, <laughs> like. I, I think so too. I I appreciated it. It was like it was time for some answers. There, there's a, a, a. What do you think, Jess? I mean, my my wife and I have been watching this together, and after episode four, we both turned to each other and said, "Like, yeah, no, that's yeah, we got it. Like the, that episode didn't tell us anything we didn't already know, except for bringing Darcy back from the Thor movies. I mean, maybe we were just lucky that we rolled on all the right." suppositions of what was going on but yeah wanda's doing it it's this little bubble reality she's created for herself to deal with her trauma and people are trying to reach her from the outside like that's but to me the the it wasn't necessarily the having everything spelled out for me that i liked it was the fact that i was getting i was starting to get a little tired of all the sitcom tropes and it was like i i i get it i get the joke give me some more story. And I know episode four sort of maybe spells things out too much, but I like how going forward, it goes back and forth between the two worlds so that it, it, I, I find yeah, that's, that's clearly how the show has to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's fair. I just, I mean, I was really enjoying the, the horror element of it. And mm-hmm. I kind of wish they leaned into that more, but you Who know, knows? there's, there's, still, there's still more something episodes. wrong. Yeah, but right. I just like I felt like this one was the point. Like I just I imagine a studio exec saying, "Okay, fine, you've had your fun for three episodes. Now tell the audience. Now explain it to the audience." And I, I don't know. I was a little let down by it, but maybe that was just maybe that was just us. And it, it's not just Darcy that comes back. Uh, Jimmy Woo is from Ant Man Two. Yes, I was trying to figure see that name. Thank you for that. <laughs> Something yeah, I- it's this true. Something I saw on uh, Twitter that I, I really enjoyed was that uh, that someone, uh, Andrew Wheeler, for, former guest of the show, a uh, friend of the show, if you will, he tweeted that, and he wasn't positive, but he thought that uh, Jimmy might be the the like third oldest character in the MCU in terms of how long the character has existed. In oh, fiction. yeah. Is that true? Like, when was Jimmy Woo introduced in the comics? So I thought that he was first introduced as a S.H.I.E.L.D. character in the Godzilla comics when Marvel had the license, and that would have been the 70s. And I was like, that can't be right. So I looked it up. He was actually in some 1950s uh, Fu Manchu comics that Marvel put out, and later on he got added into S.H.I.E.L.D. and became a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. member. But... He was created in the fifties. The only older characters are like Bucky and and Cap. That's hmm. crazy. And was it his grandfather or his grandfather or something like that that was um with Cap in the MCU? 
No, that's the principal uh, uh, of the of Spider Man's uh, oh, high school. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm mixing it up. But I thought that, there was that was a connection. fun touch too. I like the I like uh, his uh, close his magic <laughs> that he started yeah. to learn. That was a nice little tie in. Yeah, yeah the the continuity of that, or he's 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 practicing the card trick in the Ant Man movies, and and he's got it for this one. Um, he thinks it's cool. <laughs> about the horror aspect in episode three, though, it does show vision. It does show vision briefly, quickly, as his true self, dead. Oh I, yeah, that's she looks at him when and she sees looks him at him right with after the forehead torn out and stuff. Yeah, that was eerie. So right? here, here, that that was eerie, and I did like that moment. But the, weirdly, my reaction to it was almost. I don't know. Delighted isn't the right word, but I was like pleasantly surprised by it because in some ways that was the most, the closest to how he looks in the comics to me. So I was like, Oh, they, they, he's finally looking like a vision that I recognize. And (laughs) I realized what it was that in the comics, he doesn't really have eyeballs. His eyes are just kind of blank. And in the show, he is very human. And in the movies, he has human eyes. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like having him have the blank, dead eyes. To yeah, me, I, I don't it, think that's what they were going for. No, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> the, the paying homage to the comic book look comes in uh, episode six. But the blank eyes really made him seem more like the comic book vision to me, and I, I like that on that level. And that's probably something that only applies to me. So, uh, I, but I just had to put it out there. And little added contribution to those eyes. If you actually look really closely, someone still framed, and I saw this for Age of Ultron. His eyes are clearly um, like androidish, and in the show, they're human. So I don't know if that's purposeful oh, or yeah. if Oh, I'm that's... sure it's purposeful because yeah. designing eyes takes a lot of effort in CG. You don't just do it willy-nilly. Fair enough. So then well, really yeah, cool wonder little thing. If in if if his eyes are robotic in Infinity War as well or if or if it was something that they changed earlier. Well, maybe um I think I don't I don't know, but if they were human he, or or Android, it would work either way because at that point in time, he was slowly becoming more than just an Android newborn kind of thing, like Age of Ultron. He was much more than that at that point. So, like, he could be doing his transition at that point. Right. So, it, I mean, it works. And then the fact that in WandaVision, it's just straight up human until, you know. Dead or is it that they look human in WandaVision because that's what she wants them to be, right? Like that's, it's, yeah. there's also control that. over this world. There's also that. For every question they answer, three more pop up. And it's, I mean, it's good writing, but it's also frustrating as heck. No, it's very, it's very deliberate. Yeah, again, about that buzz, that self-promotion. <laughs> the, yeah, they the want thing, people to be having the conversation we're having right now. For for good or ill the the fact that there's so much magic involved it it can it means that they don't even have to answer all the questions or like if a, there's a question that's raised that isn't intentional like maybe this eye thing isn't an intentional choice and they can just be like oh wanda's magic i don't know what does that mean it's like the the fact that there's magic involved kind of hand waves any continuity issues there might be or or at least at least when it's within Wanda's uh, sphere of influence, but it seems like hex. sorry, it's, yeah, yeah, the, the hex. But it seems like 
um, they try to really explain. They don't try to like just say, oh yeah, it's, you know, like they don't try to loosely explain things like it's magic or whatever, you know? They well, try they, to give it some reason for everything. I, I agree. And I think they're doing a good job of that so far. But there, like we said, there are still a lot of unanswered questions. And we'll, it, as the next three episodes come out, we'll have to see how satisfactorily those questions are answered. But uh, let's, let's dive into Monica Rambeau in, in this episode. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> was that was that a little too excited there? I mean, Very she's enthusiastic. I like it. <laughs> she's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah she she was for everybody who doesn't know who Monica Rambo is. She was the little girl in Captain Marvel. Um, her mom. What was her mom's name? I, I forget oh, yeah. her mom's name. Monica. Rambo. Monica. Yeah. No, Monica is the character. Maria Rambo is her mom. Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah. And uh, uh, they, yeah, go. Uh, she doesn't doesn't in the comics. Doesn't she have a bigger role? Like, does she has? They're both superheroes in the comics, right? Fair enough. I don't. I don't know if the mom is uh, the mom. I, I, to the best of my knowledge. Monica's mom is kind of a non-entity. She's just the person who gave birth to Monica. And Monica in the comics, despite taking the name Captain Marvel, doesn't have much connection with Carol Danvers. Um, Carol Danvers at that point was Miss Marvel. The original Captain Marvel, Marvel, died and because they needed Marvel needed to keep the trademark alive so that DC wouldn't take it back and make Shazam Captain Marvel again. They always had to have new Captain Marvel content. So Monica was created. They gave her the name Captain Marvel. That is about it. The the MCU has tied them all together and and okay. Yeah. Well, I like the tie-ins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it it makes it much neater, you know, when you're when you're distilling 80 years of comic book history into a nice tidy bow for TVs and movies, you can tie those things together a lot better than they did when they were creating this stuff. So I think it's a cool thing too. And it's a nice way to bring Captain Marvel, the, the sorry, Monica Rambeau or Photon as she's more commonly known these days into the Captain Marvel comic book sphere, like the Carol Danvers verse. That's that's what's got me confused because the mom Maria Rambo, her call sign is Photon, right? They've taken that and applied it to the mom. That's what's got me. I wonder if they're going to set Monica up for being like a superhero later on. Oh, for sure. We'll we'll talk about that when we hit episode (laughs) six, but guaranteed one hundred percent. Hmm. And um, for Maria, like she she started Sword, did she not? That's what they're saying in, in, in the MCU. Sword. In the MCU, she yeah. she started Sword. I um, is this? Oh, I, I also like the the blip where they showed the blip. Oh yeah, good point. The start of that episode is the callback to like what what it looked like from from Endgame when when they brought everyone back. From was- average people, though, that's the cool. That's the crazy thing. Who like probably didn't yeah. even know there was a war going on with the, when the snap happened and for everybody who doesn't really know the snap is when Thanos snapped and killed everybody. And then the blip is everybody coming back. Yeah, and we see right. it from her perspective. She's completely unaware that any time has passed. Yeah. 
But the hospital around her, we hear people talking. It's like they're saying they're all coming back. You know, we're, we don't have capacity. Ah, just as like, it's just you know half the world's population disappeared and then just suddenly blipped back in. When I was rewatching that, I was thinking like I kind of like immersed myself the second time, and I I got like worried for everybody in that in that world. Like imagine that happening just. 50% of everybody who was gone and then you had five years to adjust or whatever. And then everybody just comes back in their exact spot. Like what chaos and destruction would that, that have caused on a, on an economic, an economical level? Like that's crazy. I mean, even, even in a practical level, like, like if you were blipped, if you disappeared in the middle of a flight and then you reappear 20,000 feet in the air, like there's going to be some damage from a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I love it showed how confused she was, though. Like everything was panic. You know what I mean? Like it just it really represented like what happened to regular people during this Avenger level event that yeah. we watched. You know, we we're like, oh yeah, Thor. Oh yeah, but we never like the regular people really suffered. <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home played a lot of that, the consequences of that for laughs, and, and which was appropriate for that movie. But it was nice to see it from a more dramatic, grounded level in, in that episode. Absolutely. Um, what else? I, I love, you know who I love is uh, Darcy and uh, Wu together. They are hilarious off each other. Yeah, I, I kind of wish Darcy was a little more sassy. Like in... in uh, the Thor movies, she's she's always got a funny quip, and in, in, at least in this episode, she gets sidelined or shut down. I felt a little too easily by by the guy in charge, Hay Hayward. Hayward. Yeah, her character in this episode again is to drive exposition. Like I know people were really happy to see her back, and she had some fun dialogue, but her role was sort of reduced. I felt like to just telling the audience, well, I have the other characters, but through them telling the audience what's going on, you know? And, and I think they, they're correct course correcting with that. But at the time, her job was very much just to read the script. Yeah. yeah. And I think you can, you can excuse that in that the world or like, you can, you can explain it away uh, based on, just what that episode had to be, right? Like yeah, that, and just yeah. in world, she's in a new place. Maybe she's not as comfortable being sassy as she was in the Thor movies. There's there's reasons for it, but yeah, I, it's it's not the version of Darcy that I like best. But I'm we do get taste of that as the rest of the series goes on. I mean that this is the introduction to her too. Like she did just show up to a military base, so she has zero zero pull with anybody really, other than the yeah. fact that. You know, she's she's really smart and she kind of knows she can figure stuff out. So this episode also explains the the tag at the end of the first episode after the credits. It's it was Darcy who was watching what was going on on the screen and taking notes. And it was Jimmy uh, speaking through the radio. The radio. Yeah, yeah. For OK, yeah, let's I mean, we. Yeah, we can go back and forth on this, but I think we have to move on to five and six, Absolutely. because especially between those two episodes, there's a whole other podcast episode there. <laughs> Three-hour episode? What? Yeah. <laughs> so episode five, on a very special episode, we've we've upgraded to sort of the, like the, the I guess the 80s? This, I think yeah, like a family ties kind of 
Was it or family I ties? Family ties. You're but, probably I mean, right. It could be. I mean, they were kind of all the same, right? It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one of the sitcoms that I didn't watch much, or like the reruns didn't end up on TV much. I just recognized the the like hand drawn thing in the opening credits, which is something we haven't really talked about. How the, every episode, the opening credits are done in a different way to reflect the sitcom that they're parodying for that episode. And it's, it's so well done. And I, I like the time and effort put into all of this is so impressive. Anyway. It, yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. Like it's, it kind of takes, like, I know like, the person who I was talking to earlier, uh, the, the front guy from work, he is older than me. And he said that they, they nail it. Like they nail that feeling because he used to watch those shows as a child. So it's just cool to see, you know, they're pretty Disney has some has some uh, push. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. If anybody can get make it work, it's them. They're, they're not hurting. They're not hurting. They're not hurting. So this episode, this is this is mostly the aging up is the plot of this one. Right. Is that the like the you saw the pregnancy was fast. So is the the life cycle of these boys. Yes. Um, but it seems that. They're choosing to grow, not Wanda. Right, yeah. So it seems like they have, or at least subconsciously, some form of control in this world as well. Yeah, but Which only asks, with themselves, I think. Well, so far. So far, I, true I, enough. I, again, more questions than answers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so Vision gets some more hints that things aren't what they're supposed to be. He He gets... I don't recall if it was something that Jimmy and Monica and Darcy did, but Vision gets an email at his work that's a SWORD project document. And and all, it, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. They all read but, it in trance. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, 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 a, it's something about it is sort of breaking the laws, like the reality of this world. And then he he does his vision thing. I don't know how to explain it. Like he, he Just does stuff to people's minds. Yeah. And he gets to talk to the real person, like rather than the sitcom character he's playing, like the poor I mean, terrified schmuck who's been kidnapped into this, this weird world she's built. That's one of the, the like hand wavy magic things, at least to, to my mind, like vision's powers are, he can change his density or at least in the comics. That's what his powers are. Well, in he age can, of Ultron, he discon he did the same thing to Ultron. He disconnected him to, from the inner, the inner, the interweb. And, uh, right. But, but because at least in the comic books, there's a long history of people with phasing powers being able to disrupt electronics, but okay. magic stuff. But if he in the MCU, if, yeah, like if you break it, like if he is the uh, sorry, Wanda is a product of the Mind Stone, which is also Vision. So they're kind of not that they have the same powers, but I think he can interact with. Like he's he straight out says that um, okay. her power her power doesn't affect him like everybody else in this episode so he can he has some sort of he can disconnect a little bit okay interesting i hadn't uh, hadn't considered that that makes a, that, that, that you fixed it thank you <laughs> no i think that follows <laughs> you know but I, I just so i think like he can because he's an android and because he's technically like this whole world is at this point we know that this whole world is for him well well, I mean, for, for, for sure, yeah. at this point, <laughs> yeah. But like, 
we we find out that um you know like he uh he can he can see outside of her control and he that's what where he's always questioning it sometimes but, but he doesn't understand right he doesn't like know. Well, he, he has, confronts her and he's saying like i don't remember who i am i don't remember what the like he knows there's things he doesn't know that he should yeah yeah, well, he doesn't remember anything after, before Westview, which is the town that they're in. Yeah, that confrontation at the end, like, she ends the episode and it rolls credits, but he fights her through it and then the episode keeps going. And right. even then, like, when she rolls the credits is when all the previous episodes ended, like 22 minutes, 25 minutes. This he- episode is longer because it goes after the credits because Vision doesn't let her end of the episode which is so meta like it's so ah it was really cool and it it was an intense conversation confrontation between them it was a powerful scene it started and you got to remember it started when agatha um uh offered to hold the kids and then he's like no 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 like did you wash your hands whatever and he was freaking out and then she said something weird and it threw everybody off Oh yeah, she says like, should we should we take it from the top? Or yeah. Should we do it again? Should we like, do it like, again? And then like, like, she's sh- aware that she's playing a role. Yeah, and then he's like, "Did you not notice this?" <laughs> like so, like this whole episode, Vision is questioning, and and it's driving him mad. The more everything gets brushed off. So two more things in this episode, one small, one big. Um, the small thing, we get another one of those commercials. We missed it in episode four, I guess because it all took place outside. But a new commercial in this one is for the, the Lagos paper towels, where it's like, you're cleaning up a mess you didn't mean to make. And that's that's a reference to more Wanda trauma. Uh, <laughs> Lagos is where she, she wasn't able to stop crossbones at the start of, I think it's Black Panther, is that? Or Civil, Civil War? War. It's the start of Civil War. Yeah, and they end up blowing. Is it the school they blow up? Or is it just an, an apartment it's building? An apartment building. Yeah. But it leads to the Sokovia Accords, and it leads to the, like, you know, having to control superheroes, which may tie into S.W.O.R.D. here. And it's, you know, all these deaths that she's caused. So more trauma for her. Uh, but then at the end of the episode, uh, well, this is before we get there. I just want to do one more comic book referencing. Uh, they, the boys in this, Tommy and Billy, get a pet dog and they name it Sparky. And there was a comic book, a 12 issue miniseries, uh, all about Vision and leaving the Avengers and starting a life in the suburbs. And he builds himself a wife, a son, a daughter, and a pet dog named Sparky. It was a very nice touch. Huh. Um, to further that, uh, this is kind of also going into fan theory. And can I do that now, or should we wait till a little later? I uh, think we should wait until we cover all the episodes before we speculate for the future. Fair enough. Okay. So um, this ending was a, was a big deal. There was talk uh, on like just before this aired. There was an interview with uh, Elizabeth Olsen where she's. It was implied that there would be a big cameo coming up that would rival the cameo at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. And so I knew you know, we we sort of in the air. There was a sense that there was going to be a big cameo, and then the day of the thing, it got spoiled for me on Twitter but not as spoiled as I thought it was. Right? Yeah, because it's so many levels. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, what happens? Oh, me? I got to do this? Okay. <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> so there's a knock at the door in 
you know, sitcom fashion, and it's a surprise visitor. And who is it? Well, it's her brother. It's 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 Petro, except it's not her brother. Her brother in Age of Ultron in the MCU was was Quicksilver, the superhero, and he died. Um, just like in the comics, her brother is Quicksilver, except Quicksilver has also been a character in the X-Men movies, uh, tra- which until very recently were controlled by Fox until Disney reacquired those rights fairly recently. And the Quicksilver who shows up at the door being, hey, it's your long lost brother. Is that Quicksilver? Is the Quicksilver from the Fox universe? Which, okay, so... And again, help me if this is going badly, but I think I've got it handled so far. So Disney now has bought the rights to all those characters back, which gives them the rights to do things. Like, like this is why there haven't been any X-Men in the Avengers movies, even though the Avengers and the X-Men work together all the time. It's because the X-Men were controlled by Fox. Now they're finally back at Disney. And the question has always kind of been like, well, what are they going to do with it? Like everyone just sort of assumed they'd reboot the X-Men, Right. Like, you know, after Dark Phoenix all, all over again, and even after Apocalypse, like, those movies haven't been great. Instead, it seems like what they're foreshadowing is, no, 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 in the timeline we're establishing in the MCU, there is also a world where all those movies took place. Those are canon. These are real people. And now they're being mixed together. Okay, I think and, you're speculating more. Like, the, like now we're getting into fan theory territory. All right, fair enough. But it's so uh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I like to to you know trade in fact. Guys. All right. So so then why did you make me do it? What do you have, genius? <laughs> I was just gonna say it was like it's it's the Quicksilver from the X Men movies. Oh, but so the fact is. <laughs> <laughs> they crossed um they they crossed worlds like i mean not not exactly but like the mcu has a fox character who was loved in in the mcu which has i'm gonna say the first time it's been done yeah. Oh, for sure. And let's be clear, the characters recognize this is weird, too. The show makes a very obvious, like, besides, like, they can do it subtly with Wanda, where she's, oh, it's my brother, but is it? Because that's kind of weird. But I also go to Darcy, and she has that line, like, did they recast Pietro? Like, I mean, they very much are highlighting that, no, 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 it's not our Quicksilver, it's another Quicksilver. You they know- want the audience to know that. I would be so happy. I would be happy on any account, even if it was just like that was it. Yep, it was recast. Thanks, Darcy, for explaining that to us. That was like if if that was just it. I know it's not, but I mean, but if that was it, they could do it with anybody. But I mean, it would be a hell of a bit of stunt casting, uh, uh, and and that's all. It it, I, I think in the hands of any other creative force. I would say that was brilliant stunt casting and it doesn't necessarily mean anything and it could just peter out. Like, like I don't want to derail us, but if it was like Star Trek Discovery, there are so many times where they tease stuff on that show and it doesn't actually pay off in any way. Like, like control being the Borg and then it doesn't happen. And, and like, 
I feel like in the hands of those people, this could be something like that, where it's just like, oh, look what this might be. But it, with this show, I'm willing to believe that it is going to pay off in some way. That oh, yeah. It's stunt casting. Kevin? Uh, that, that, that's what I'm saying about the attention they're focusing on it. They're very clearly pointing out, like, you, you be aware of the meta narrative here. It's important to this show. They, I, I am very confident that's intentional. Sorry, Cash. Go ahead. No, no, that's that's fine. Um, the, I mean, this like I, you guys know I love Discovery, and yes, they they definitely dropped uh, dropped some balls on that. But like, that's not Disney. That's not MCU. MCU has been very detailed. So there, there's and they've already publicly stated that they wanted to do this for a while, and the the only way they were going to do it is if they can do it right and with purpose. So, I mean, as as much as information as that gives you, it still at least paints the picture that, you know, there's more to it. So before we get too in the weeds on the implications of this, do we want to talk about the most recent episode? Yeah, yeah. Let's hit episode Absolutely. six. Because we're going to break everything down. <laughs> this one, this one was the Malcolm in the Middle episode. Yes, brought back uh, some memories. Yeah, yeah, lots of talking to the camera and and uh, by the little kids, very much like Malcolm did on that show. Uh, and um, I think to me, the most interesting stuff were the interactions between Pietro or not Pietro or whatever he is, and and Wanda and their conversations because they. Like it, it really feels like Wanda is losing control of whatever this is because Pietro seems far too aware of what's going on and far too willing to chat about it with her. What if it's not Pietro? Well, yeah, that's yeah. My my yeah. My wife was point was thinking like she thinks he's a plant. By who? But who knows? But like, he seems to be a hundred percent aware of what she's doing in creating this fake world. Just and he just casually like, so how did you do this? You know, what exactly was the recipe? How does this all work? By the way, what are its strengths and weaknesses? <laughs> like it's and he's pretty in, and like it's like he he was pretty insensitive. Like so, it showed him it showed dead Pedro um, briefly as well as the age of Ultron Pietro died, but with the yeah, face yeah. of X-Men guy. And, um, and then she snapped out of it. And, but with, if so, if that was the age of Ultron Pietro, he died way before vision died. So how is he aware that vision died? Cause he said, he straight out said before he got blasted, um, yeah, you you're, you're, like your you dead husband him. can't die twice or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But I mean, essentially, he did die twice, so it'd be a third time at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but, you know, like, so that's pretty, how did he know that? Like, he was already dead. So if he just came back, like he, like he was telling his memory of, I got shot, and then I heard your voice, and then here I am. How did he know that information? Well, again, because there's magic involved, it could be any number of things. Like, uh, and there's magic and potential insanity involved here. So, it's possible that Wanda just put that information in his head. It's possible that he's just saying what she needs to hear. She's uh, acting as as a part of of her, 
and as to being uh, somewhat indelicate about stuff, that is so true to the character in the comics. Like he's he's a, yeah, he's a dick. Oh, is he's he a, a dick? dick oh, I didn't, I didn't realize he was yeah. that much of a dick. Okay. I, I, somebody at one point, I think maybe it's Doctor Strange. I don't know, but he explains it like Quicksilver. Like his perception is always that fast. So like his entire life, everyone is talking in slow motion, and as a consequence, like he's really impatient and frustrated with everybody all the time. Oh yeah, okay. I do actually remember reading something like that too. Yeah, yeah, and he's also Magneto's son sometimes, so he's also got the <laughs> superiority the, complex going for, genetically that I can, you know, crush the world complex. Yeah. <laughs> So the uh, so that so there's all that that happens this episode, but also Vision goes to explore the town. Uh, he has a conversation with Agnes, which I think establishes that she isn't like that. She's just another victim because he does his like break through the character to the real person, I'm and she's all terrified and stuff. I am not entirely sure. Still, I think yes, she's a victim, but she still has outside influence well we'll have to see i mean the the important part about that is she tells him that he's an avenger which he doesn't know what that means and she also tells him that he's dead which which messes with him and he ends up trying to leave the hex which uh sucking him back every step like it looked like it was very hard to get out yeah it, it i mean the it looks like he can't exist outside of it which raises the question again, speculation, but it's like maybe she didn't, maybe Wanda didn't bring him back to life. Maybe he's also just a projection, like part of her world. Hard to say. Um, but when Wanda finds out what's happening, she increases the size of the hex and it overtakes the sword camp and it overtakes sort of our heroes. Um, complete, like completely irrelevant subplot, but Darcy and Rambo and Jimmy Woo are now like fugitives. Because the you know the head of sword is bad. Like who saw that coming? Dar- Darcy is in the hex. She got she was strapped yep, to the she, thing. Yep, she gets caught in. So we'll see when what her- the late nineties, early two thousands version of her will be next week. <laughs> Considering she had a sitcom, the actress was on a sitcom for part of that. Maybe they'll just do that. Imagine well, she yeah. was just in the two broke, broke girls. Two yeah, broke, broke girls. girls. That was it. Two broke girls. Yeah, <laughs> just in a yellow. Uh, uh, waitress outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I, I missed it, but did we fully see Jimmy and Monica get pulled into it? Um, I don't, oh, I don't know. I I think we only see like Vision goes back in, Darcy goes back in, and the, most of the Sword agents go back in. I don't think we see what happened. Yeah, because Darcy uh, stayed Rambo back, so it's, we don't know where they are. They were they're at a different rendezvous point. Yeah, um, I wanted to go back to who do you think the aerospace engineer is for that Monica note? I oh right, she says she has a friend coming, right? Yeah, that's an an aerospace engineer or something. Now, I mean that can be anybody, but I'm or just, nobody. Well, what or are you, nobody. What are you speculating? Well, I mean, if they're doing the whole like Pedro is Pedro is the like first step for Fox to uh, Fox characters to be introduced to the MCU. I mean, 
it could be like maybe like a Hank McCoy or Reed Richards. Mm, I uh, don't tough think call. Like those characters are too big. I don't think they're gonna introduce them like that. And also, it seems like it has to like that crossover has to be happening inside the hex, right? Yeah, yeah. It's only inside the hex. Maybe you're right. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, maybe it's just hopeful, wishful <laughs> thinking. Okay. So, I, well, go for it, Jess. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know who the friend is. Like the 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 connections I would draw on for that character would be like Captain Marvel. Um, but we've gotten hints through dialogue that she and Captain Marvel aren't on good terms. Yeah, makes so, sense. So that's, it feels like that wouldn't happen. And also, I mean, a year ago, I'd have said there's no way they'd bother putting Brie Larson in a TV show like this. But nowadays, you know, Disney streaming is is the biggest thing around. So it's possible. And, you know, what else is anyone doing? <laughs> it's essentially uh, nine 25-minute nine movies. Yeah, or, and I, I I have to say, just a slight sidetrack, I am really enjoying how long these episodes are. Like, 25 to 30 minutes, It's it it feels like there's not a wasted minute in it. And I was finding with a lot of the, the Marvel shows on uh, Netflix, like, I loved them at first, but the longer they went, I was like, the episodes are too long and the seasons are too long. And yeah, not, it felt like they were constantly throwing filler into everything. And there this, there's no filler. It's all thriller. Yeah, it's it's like if you wanted to break it down for every minute of that episode, there is something to break down, and it's great. It's and all valuable. It's yeah. all valuable. Yeah, I was having this argument with people back when Mandalorian premiered. Uh, surprisingly long while ago now but yeah they were like yeah this episode's like 17 minutes long and people are like well it's not a full episode of tv and i'm looking well yeah man, look at he, the content he, in it though yeah <laughs> he he chases some jawas he fights a mud horn he gets the egg like we, we that was a complete story i mean he he also like i mean budget wise like what do they put into it? Like, let's just give you let's just give you twenty minutes of perfect and not take out and like not take have to take out thirty minutes of filler, you know. Yeah. So in any case, we I mean we're already over time. We can't start talking about another show. So I think we've caught up and shared some thoughts on the episodes, and we're in like the climax of this. What would you call it? Season, I guess, or at least story arc of this Marvel for a phase. So before we we go, before we end this episode of this show, let's let's hit it. Let's hit your most insane fan speculation. What do you What do you guys think is going on here? What do you think is coming next? Um, Graham, do you want to well, go first? As the X Men guy, uh, the thing I am most excited about in, in the comics. Scarlet Witch's probably most famous moment is uh, through the House of M series, that, which was a great crossover miniseries thing that happened. But the the end of that involved Wanda saying no more mutants, and it decimated the mutant population. There are only 198 mutants left. In this world, the MCU, there aren't any mutants. So is the end of this Wanda going to use her powers to create mutants and bring the mutants over from wherever they've been in this other possible world. That's, that's my end game for this series. Hmm. I think you're right in some of that. I, I, I think, thank you. I think, uh, WandaVision 
is not just opening up for mutants, though. I think it's just opening the floodgates for everything. So, um, we, I mean, most of the fans know that, like, WandaVision is going to lead up to a direct storyline lineage with Doctor Strange 2 which is opening the they've already said it's opening the world up for multiverse so there's no reason why um x-men cannot be or or any of the fox characters cannot be thrown into the mix that would be an easy out um they did a cool little parallel too when you had wanda um when she came out of her own hex and she faced off with that director dude and he uh she turned the guns on him yeah exact same way that magneto did in x-men in the movies it was just a cool little nod i think but i think it'll mean more later Right. Um, I see. You're saying it could lay the groundwork for connecting her. Her dad was Magneto, and they're going to bring a Magneto character into this somewhere down the line. Yeah, like maybe Pedro wasn't right. the the big reveal. Maybe it's Magneto at the end of this. Who knows? Sari McKellen would be great for a little. That would be that would be a. Uh, a I, I like actually, yeah, I feel like Fastbender is probably the easier get. I mean, yeah, you're, I I agree with you. I'm just. Once again, wishful thinking. <laughs> but my my biggest thing is I think they're laying the grounds also for like the big bad, kind of like how they're doing Thanos. And I feel um, Agnes is part of that, maybe even Petro, um, but the big bad being Mephisto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this, yeah, this. Keep going, but yeah, this is sort of where I'm dancing around too. So Mephisto is essentially the devil, <laughs> and he can change his like. He can change his uh, face or, I mean, his shape, his strength. He has has magic powers. He's immortal. Um, Mephisto um, in the comics has ties to, he had pieces or uh, he imbued pieces of himself into uh, Billy and Tommy um, when Wanda got pregnant and then later on absorbs them. Um, Agnes says like the whole, the, the whole devil thing. And she always seems to be watching them. And Mephisto is known to be very patient with his um, endeavors because he's immortal and he has all the time in the world. You think Agnes is Mephisto? No, I think Agnes is um, Agatha Harkness, which is uh, a witch thousands of years old who eventually mentors Scarlet Witch, but she... Oh, and she's dressed as a witch in Halloween when Vision finds her. That's... It's okay. Right? And she, oh, yeah. And in the 80s episode, when when she offered to hold the baby, she's like, you can't catch this tiger, or you can't keep this tiger down or whatever, and then later on in the episode, just before Agnes, Agnes comes in randomly with a um a dog crate for sparky new sparky that nobody knew about um there's a tiger on the table i'm deep diving i know but (laughs) but but there are a lot of links and a lot of things that's interesting that's okay and in the comics as well she sacrifices sparky for some sort of spell thing and she seemed very very concerned when um when Wanda talks to her kids about her not her, sorry, they told her to bring back Sparky, and she's like, "You can do that." 
like she seemed actually concerned and impressed and terrified. So I would think like, though she's still a victim, she's still trapped in the hex, but she is still a powerful witch, probably working for Mephesto. This is, this is my theory. And yeah, that's essentially what I'm at right now with that. But they also did, um, uh, Agatha, if she is Agatha has, references to she um she mentored or took care of reed richard's kid franklin richard so there's a fantastic four reference so like that can open up a lot of stuff if it's that theory damn dude i mean that that is deep but it adds up <laughs> i did I'm my homework convinced. because i wanted to make sure that graham could make it seem like it's possible <laughs> i i i think it's possible i think there's seeds there but i don't know that they've been teed up enough it's look. It's entirely possible that you're right, um, but I feel like I would enjoy it more if it was just crazy Wanda. Oh, it could be very well. It could be all of the above. I don't. But I'm just saying. Like, remember how long they took for Thanos to really show himself? It was like seven, eight years. Yeah. So I mean, this could just be the hints, and then us not see about anything for a little bit. You know, they, these just could be like little tiny Easter eggs. See where it goes. Most of it being crazy Wanda. <laughs> do, you, do you got a theory there, Jess? Uh, bits and pieces. It. Um, I mean, I'm really compelled by this Mephisto stuff now. But um, <laughs> no, the, the stuff that I'm, I think I'm leaning sort of in the same direction you are, Cash, where it's like I... I don't know if if Wanda is going to be the like the Thanos of this phase, but I do think they're setting her up to be an antagonist. Um, I also think that whatever she's done to create this world, whether it's a deal with Mephisto or something else, I think that is what's going to allow there to be sort of a bridge between these parallel universes. So we're going to start seeing the Fox characters come in. But I also think it's her powers, and actually now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe this is overloading, overlapping rather with what you said, Graham. I do think it's her powers are going to lead to mutants there. There was a bit in episode six where Darcy, like she doesn't want Rambo to go back into the hex because she's been in there a couple times already and it's changing her cells. Oh, right? yeah. Right. And it's like she didn't use the word mutating your cells, <laughs> but that's like. It's good hmm. enough. <laughs> I, I mean, and right? that that is how they're going to get uh, Monica with superpowers, I think. The fact that she's. Oh, for sure. It. Absolutely. Because of her exposure to whatever Wanda's done, she's going to become Spectrum or Photon or whatever name they want to give her for this one. <laughs> Um, but you know that. But you know if that this thing keeps expanding and people are caught in it and they all end up mutated, eh, you know it's sort of writing itself. <laughs> I mean, right. Doctor Strange is going to be a horror film, um, and they keep talking about like all the Spider-Man stuff too, right? Like they're they're recasting a lot of the characters from the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. So like opening the door to other timelines and other sets of these characters and stuff like that's that's definitely coming. We know that for sure. And whatever's happening with Wanda here is definitely the door for it. I'll, I'll put money down on that. Got to give it to um, the MCU though. Like this is a big one to bite. Like this is a big bite to, to bite off uh, there. Yeah. They're, 
they're going the multiverse on the MCU um, Fox side of things. And then, like, I don't know, but I, I was hearing that, like, also on the Sony side for Spider-Man, that they're going to be crossing more, um, more characters in the future. So that, like, that's two different multiverses. Like, it's just, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you you have to know a lot to follow all of this. It's wild. In any case, I think uh, unless there's any last minute bits anyone wanted to to toss in, I think I'm good. I'm just excited for the next three episodes. I want to see where where this goes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would love if they were all out right now. That would be great. <laughs> but we we have to wait. Um, but so that was sort of our you know mid game. Inter- intermission, you know, evaluation of how WandaVision is going. And uh, damn, that Mephisto stuff has me scratching my chin, John. That's that's wild. Cash, thanks so much for joining us. That's I really appreciate your input there. That's some, that some very deep thinking. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I was really excited for this one. I <laughs> I watched this I watched this series like three times, made everybody in the household watch it with me while I'm taking notes, <laughs> breaking everything down like I had nothing to do. <laughs> it was a Love good time. It. it was a great time. Well, thank you for all the effort you put in. We really appreciate it. Uh, while we're handing out thanks, also just want to send special thanks to Jamie Reum, uh, the guy behind our theme song. Reum is spelled R-E-A-U-M-E. Uh, find him at Jamie Reum Official or Jamie underscore Reum on YouTube and Instagram, respectively. And thank you, the audience, for listening to the show. Uh, it's because of you that, uh, well, you know, that everybody in Cash's household is forced to watch WandaVision three times. But, but more often, it's just it's, it's, it's fun to have a group of people who share your passion for this kind of thing and uh, we'd love to hear your crazy fan theories or if there's anything we missed um, Graham how can they get those to us please email us at geektop5 at gmail.com we're on facebook facebook.com slash geektop5 and we're on twitter at geektop5 WandaVision. Uh, if you're not watching it already, you just got a bunch of it spoiled for you. But uh, regardless, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's coming out on Fridays. We got three more episodes uh, before we're launching into more and more of the MCU. So be sure to check it out, and that will keep you busy uh, until our next episode. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham, and this has been Geek Top Five. We'll talk to you again next week.